deep in the mountains, we seem to have stumbled upon a plethora of downright terrifying stories. From creepy backwoods people, to downright strange creatures and unexplainable paranormal happenings, there's no shortage of tales from the mountains. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. It's good to see you made it back for another episode. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true mountain horror stories. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, please be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'm always looking for new stories to share, and I'd love to share yours with everyone here in the swamp. Before we jump right into today's episode, I just wanted to take a quick moment to tell you guys about Chilling. If you guys haven't heard yet, I have joined the Chilling family. Chilling is the new home of horror, and trust me, you're not going to find anything like it on YouTube. It has hundreds of amazing stories, with new ones being added every single week. We have curated playlists, or you can make your own playlists. We give you so much flexibility to listen the way you want. This includes a chilling exclusive feature, our ambient sound menu. You can change the background noise to the story at any moment without it messing up or stopping the story. It's an absolute game changer. Of course, this is offered completely and totally ad-free. That's right, no ads, just hours and hours of uninterrupted, horrifying, creepy, and all-around spooky content. I couldn't be more excited to have the opportunity to be a part of this journey. We are adding new stuff all the time like vintage horror radio, classic horror novels, and more. Download and start your free trial today. Click the link in the description or simply search Chilling in the App Store. Come join me and many others in the swamp, like Let's Read, Mr. Creeps, Being Scared, Mr. Creepypasta, and many, many more on the Chilling app. It was the fall of 2009, and at the time I was 16 years old. I lived in the central part of North Carolina. Nowadays, the cities are loaded with things to do for the Halloween season, but back then, the best form of entertainment I could come up with was to visit the Devil's Tramping Grounds with a few friends. The Devil's Tramping Ground is a local legend. It sits right outside Siler City, North Carolina, about an hour away from where I live, and I have just gotten my license, so why not? For those of you unfamiliar with the locale or its legend, the Devil's Tramping Ground is a perfect, circular spot of dead soil in the middle of the woods, deep in the mountains. Despite the greenery around it, nothing grows in that circle. The legend says that if you drop or leave anything in that circle, it is moved and or disappears by morning, as the Devil supposedly comes here to plot his evil doings against humanity late at night, pacing in a circle as he thinks. That's the gist of it, basically. Siler City is a sticks and barns town with long, barren roads that seemingly translate to don't stop until you get the hell out of here. It was on one such road where I began to feel uneasy. Rural roads always have that heavy twilight zone energy, and the road we were on, conveniently titled Devil's Tramping Ground Road, was completely lacking streetlights. The only thing illuminating the overworked asphalt was the fading yellow headlights of my 2002 Mercury Cougar and the useless glow of a crescent moon. In those dim lights, we began to see splatter graffiti on the road leading up to the location. 
creepy things I didn't expect, but never really would have understood the impact of until I saw them. In white paint, the road was decorated in crude warnings. The one that I remember the most was, The Devil Lives Here, and a huge white cross in front of the opening in the forest. I parked on the side of the road. The grounds was immediately not as creepy as I expected. It wasn't too deep into the woods. In fact, the clearing could be made out from the road. Not as menacing as I had imagined. Maybe it was the empty beer cans or red Solo cups lying all around. Obviously, people partied here. Or maybe it was the jokes my friends and I started making almost immediately that calmed my nerves. But it was two-something in the morning. We decided to catch Lucifer right on his hour. And I remember feeling less on edge than I was on the road. My flashlight would get eaten through the trees if I moved it upwards, so I focused the beam on the soil. Truly, more interested in finding signs of the paranormal than my friends were. It was four of us total. Two of my friends went back to the car after a while. It was cold and there was not much to see. I stayed back with a buddy of mine. I brought a Ziploc with me, along with a pocket Bible, a rosary in my pocket just in case, and a stuffed rabbit that one of my best friends had given me. Before leaving... I scooped up some dirt and added it to the Ziploc. I found the prospect of dead soil so interesting and figured that maybe studying it under proper light compared to the other soil around will give me a better idea of what happened here. Alien radiation? Climate change? Sulfur? Maybe the devil was just busy that night. In between jokes and complaining about the cold, we heard someone walking in the depth of the woods. This wasn't a mistaken sound. This wasn't a, I think someone is walking in the woods, this was a definite sound and a definite feeling. This was deep behind the brush between the trees, and these footsteps were heavy and unashamed of being heard. This is the first time I noticed no crickets were in these woods. There was no sound other than us. And these steps. I was even more unwilling to lift my little flashlight, which was tucked under my armpit and pointed towards the soil sample. My eyes didn't need adjusting, and so we stood there as I made out the shape of something in these woods. It was dark, but I could see it fairly well. It was tall, but not distinguishingly tall. It was human-shaped, it stood on two feet, and it walked and walked, and then, suddenly it stopped. But then it would repeat itself by walking and walking, and then abruptly stopping. I think this thing was slowly making its way towards us. We were petrified. Neither my friend nor I moved. I don't even think we breathed for a second. I was so overcome with fear that I felt numb, but a little tremble ran through my entire body. We just stared. Later we would discuss how we both wondered if this thing had seen us and talk about how we didn't want to move in case it hadn't. At this future time, we would also discuss the smell. It was an awful putrid scent, like burning feces and rotting eggs and rotten meat. I grew up Catholic, hence the Bible and Rosary, and have always been told that that smell means the devil is around. That didn't help my case then. Even typing this now, I'm slightly trembling. The thing is that it stayed toying with us among the sticks in the forest. I say sticks because at the time, there was very little greenery. I was certain at this point that it saw me. I had that sixth sense feeling I was being stared right back at, and suddenly... I had an overwhelming fear, this unbearable despair. I realized, then and there, that my friend had been clutching the back collar of my shirt. I think I was so paralyzed with fear 
that I had ceased to feel anything but that numbness. I wasn't even cold anymore, but when I felt my friend's hand, I dropped everything in my arms and just hauled ass back to the car. Not necessarily running, but very hurried. I was sure my friend was behind me, but between us and in all honesty, I didn't even think about it at the time. I was just ready to go. I was so ready to go, in fact, that I missed the clear path completely and took off in between the trees and brush, heading towards the yellow glow of the headlights. It wasn't an incredibly long trek, like I said before. The road was right there, but it felt awful and long to me. And it was enough for those tiny branches to leave scrapes and even some cuts on my hands, cheeks, and neck. The whole ordeal couldn't have lasted too long. When I got back to my car, the keys were already in the ignition, and the other two friends were in there with the heat on. They both asked me what happened. The friend who stayed behind with me got in the passenger seat soon after and we took off. Our other friends, the ones who had been in the car, pointed out that our eyes were swollen and bright red. I think we had been crying, or at least it looked like we had been. I looked in the rearview mirror and my pupils were abnormally dilated. My eyelids were puffy and tender, and red. Keep in mind, this could all have some form of logical explanation. Maybe the fear made us cry without us knowing, and maybe the darkness combined with our nervous reaction enlarged our pupils. But it was still very odd. I realized long after that I left my Bible, my stuffed rabbit, and my Ziploc bag in the dirt circle. I considered going back the next day in broad daylight, but I haven't been back there since. I still wonder and worry about who has my stuff. First off, I want to thank you for telling the first story I submitted a few months back. You did a wonderful job, and I'm very grateful you decided to tell it. This next story takes place in the Cascade Mountains of Washington State. I had just came back from my second Iraq deployment, and had been assigned to the USA Air Ambulance Detachment at Fort Drum, New York. Seven months later, our unit was transferred to Yakima Training Center in Yakima, Washington. The constant deployment and change put a great deal of strain in an already weak marriage, resulting in her moving back to live with her folks in New Hampshire. I was depressed about it, and when a four-day weekend came up, I decided to head into the mountains for a little time for myself. The road was rough. Going as soon as I left the highway, I kept driving in my 2000 Ford F-150 until I saw another road about 10 miles away from the highway. This road was overgrown and looked like it hadn't been used for some time. Since my intention was to completely escape away from people for a few days, I took it. The road was hardly wide enough for my truck and went all the way and over a ridge into a quiet field in the middle of the woods. Small steam made its way through the center. I pulled off the road and decided to make a camp. Within a short period of time, a campfire was made and the back of my truck was set up for sleeping. I had an old camper shell and an inflatable mattress with blankets and such. I made a dinner of steak and potatoes and watched the sun disappear below the horizon. It was beautiful out there. No sounds of cars or anything. I felt like I honestly had the whole world to myself. And I felt good for the first time in a long time. A few drinks later of single malt scotch, I decided to go to bed and get some sleep for an early start the next day. I had planned to do some fishing and maybe have a small hike. The weather was cool and the stars and the moon were clear. I fell asleep as soon as my head hit the pillow. 
A few hours later, though, I was woke up to a growl outside my truck. Heavy footsteps circled around my vehicle, and then I heard a high-pitched scream. I normally, at the sound of being paranoid, carry a handgun while camping, and this time was no different. I reached over and unholstered my Charter Arms Undercover 38 Special and sat with my back to the cab. It was still circling the vehicle, and I managed to glimpse it through the side camper window. A dark and mysterious-looking woman and a short, plump man were staring at my vehicle. They did not look armed, so I decided to go ask them what they wanted. I got out of the truck and looked in the direction I had seen them, but there was nothing. I searched the entire area around the site. Nothing. I got back in the truck and locked the door. It must have been my imagination, I told myself, and a few hours later, I eventually passed out again. I again awoke to the truck rocking and screaming and hollering in the early morning as a person was hitting my camper shell repeatedly and yelling obscenities. I did not want to remain there any longer. I slid through the sliding window in my cab, started the truck, and got the heck out of there. When my headlights came on, I saw a circle of people in robes surrounding me. I threw the truck into reverse and punched it out of there. They jumped out of the way as I barreled into reverse through their circle and took off like a bat out of hell, with them running behind me on foot. Then I got to the main road. I floored it out of there. Unfortunately, a highway patrolman was right there, and I was pulled over. He came to my window, and after I related the story of what happened, he told me that area I was in was home to a religious cult. The road I went up to was supposed to have a no trespassing sign, and a chain. I'm happy nothing more sinister happened. Hello, my nickname is Kira, and I'd like to start off by saying I am, as of the time of writing this story, a 15-year-old female. I've not experienced anything unexplained or paranormal, save for this one experience. But before I tell you what happened, there's a few things you need to know. My family lives in a valley in the mountains of northern Idaho, and we lived about 11 miles away from the nearest town. My room, which I shared with my younger sister, was set in the half-basement that had a door leading to the driveway that was below the house. The door was always unlocked due to other people who lived on the property coming and going through it. Another important note is that I slept with the dream tent over my head, and I would cover it with blankets, so it was dark and nice. I did this mostly so I could get away with using my laptop late at night, and to not let my sister catch me. So when I slept in there... It was very dark, and sort of hot. Now, on to what happened. I am a deep sleeper. Hardly anything can wake me up, save for pain. However, this night I was woken at 2 or 3 a.m. with a feeling of pure dread. I felt as if I was being watched, even though I was covered by the tent and the blanket I was sleeping under. I felt so afraid that I didn't even want to move. I have never felt fear like that in my entire life. As I lay there for what felt like five minutes, I felt like I was being watched, but by what, I have no clue. It felt almost demonic, though. It felt like whatever was watching me was just a black, evil mass that, it just, I don't know, anytime I made movement, it would get closer. So I lay there, in a rather uncomfortable position for quite a while. I, I knew my sister was in her bed, only a few feet away from me, but that did nothing to comfort me. Eventually, the feeling went away but only slightly, and I got up in the dark room, 
walked out the door into the even darker half-basement and to my dad's room. His room had no window, but mine did, and due to mine being against the wall that was stuck out to the hill that the house was on, I didn't really see anything. I just knew he wouldn't believe me if I told him what I saw, though. So, I just told him I couldn't go back to sleep after waking up. So, he played with me, a thing our family does, and I went back to my room. I know this isn't the scariest story out there, but it's my one and only time that I've ever experienced something paranormal. I don't think this had anything to do with sleep paralysis because I could move the entire time. I was just too afraid to, and I don't think whatever was watching me was human because I heard no noise. Only the fan that was in the room, and my own hushed breathing. If anyone has had a similar thing happen, I'd love to know, and if anyone knows what caused me to be scared like that, I'd honestly like to know that as well. I've heard tons of stories on this show about skimwalkers and sleep paralysis and other paranormal things, and I'm not saying it's one of those, I'm just saying that my story seems to be similar. I mountain bike a lot. I'm always outdoors and seem to have quite a bit of odd feelings while biking recently. I guess that's the best way I can explain it. This one time though, I was on a new trail with my closest friend who I trust a lot. Not a very challenging trail. It's maybe around 3.30pm. The trail is filled with rocks, tree roots, uphill and downhill sections and so on. Not the easiest hike on foot. Anyways. We had just come off this downhill section, and my best friend and I stopped to take a quick sip of water and use our trail map to figure out where we were going to go next. The trail was empty. No one was out there aside from us. I had just looked ahead of me and saw no one, and then I turned to see my friend to see him staring ahead of us. I looked to see what he is looking at, and there is a frail, older man with a hiking stick. He has a canvas hat on and clothes that were too warm to be out on a 75 degree day. He came out of nowhere, and he had no water or anything on him. Considering his age, and the trail is not a very easy one on foot at all, it's very challenging on a bike, he seemed very out of place. But I had just looked ahead of us about 30 seconds prior, and he was not there. And then, he was just 10 feet in front of us when I saw my friend staring at him. He was walking towards us, staring at us, I got a very uneasy feeling as he was coming close. Now granted, I wasn't feeling like he was going to do us harm or anything, but something just wasn't right. As he was passing in between us and our two bikes, he says, It's a nice day, isn't it? And keeps walking. We say yes, it's beautiful out. My friend looks at me, and I can tell he feels the exact same way I do. We both biked with each other for years and have met our fair share of weird people, and people strung out on drugs, on the trails, and whatever else you can imagine. Anyways, my friend says, D Did you see that guy? And I said, Yeah, I saw that guy. We look back as this conversation maybe took 10 seconds, and he was gone. Behind us was an uphill section that we had just descended, full of rocks, roots, and slippery stuff. My friend snaps back at me and says, He's gone, what the hell? We proceed to turn around and bike our way up the hill again, and go around the corner, to another section just to make sure he didn't deviate from the path. This man was nowhere to be seen. There is no explainable way that this guy could just be gone. The pace he was walking was much too slow and we did not catch up to him on our bikes that traversed this terrain with ease. It still creeps me out to this day 
My friend and I talk about it still and refer to it as the ghost on the trail. Never have I been back to that trail. I bike around that area still, though. I will give you a million times as a kid and young adult I felt scared or paranoid playing in the woods. It's a beautiful place, and I spent my entire childhood getting lost, not literally out there, by myself or with my friends. As kids, we never got too far out there, but you could see the progression of us venturing further and further out as we got older and forts and such being made. This one time, like a thousand times before, my friend and I had just graduated high school. It was our last summer of freedom, and we went to spend the entire summer camping and hiking out there. We decided to try and find a new place to set up camp and walked for what felt like a few miles before we came to a nice clearing. The area was relatively new to both of us. We both got the camp set up and the fire going, and the plan was to wait until nightfall, smoke some weed, and play Monopoly. For the sake of backstory on my friend and me, my buddy is smaller, a real goofy guy, but comes from a family of foresters and always had a deep understanding of all the trees and different plants you come across. He had no fear of going and camping out by himself. If I spent 10,000 hours in the woods, he probably spent 50,000. As for me, I'm a taller, sturdier guy, and as we got older, I spent more time worrying about women and sports than the woods. Also, I never had the balls to camp out alone. In fact, older me wouldn't go far out at all when I was alone, because I could never shake the feeling of being watched. Which was probably just paranoia, but still an uneasy feeling. Anyways, camp is set, fire is going, and it's getting lower and needs wood. Sun is down and we're both cutting up and having a good time. My friend is sitting on his little chair he always brought and loading up his makeshift bong. I was crouched breaking some excess limbs off of one of the logs that we had gathered for the fire. Suddenly, this strong breeze cuts through the clearing. I couldn't tell you if it was the suddenness of it or what, but my friend and I both stopped immediately and looked at each other. The breeze went just long enough to flicker our fire down to a small flame. We both sat there completely still in almost total darkness, and neither of us said a word. Across from us, on the other side of the fire, we could hear footsteps. They sounded like somebody was running, and would slow to a walk and then run again, on two legs. By the sound of it, they were pacing back and forth over the same spot. Then it just stopped with a softer crunch on the underbrush. I knew by the sound of it, that it had taken a crouch. I was crouched still and knew I was staring right back at it in the dark. My friend grabbed my shoulder and said, Buddy. And when he did, I felt this surge of fear come over me. I could feel it and hear it in him. I had been so fixed on the footsteps and rationalizing what it was that I hadn't even considered being afraid. But this was true fear. It was raw and it made me feel helpless. I could hear my friend after a while grab some leaves and he dropped them into the fire, and it sprang to life. We both quickly grabbed more leaves and brush and threw it on the fire. It got some of the sticks and logs going and neither of us took our eyes off the spot. We didn't move for about an hour. Finally, the leaves crunched and it slowly walked off in the opposite direction. Whatever it was had sat and crouched and watched us without moving for longer than any animal would. It wasn't until after the footsteps disappeared that I realized the smell had disappeared as well. It smelled like a paper mill, spoiled eggs almost. For the rest of the night, 
Besides whispered remarks, neither of us really moved or stopped looking at that spot. Nobody went into the tent, and I had a very short light sleep sleeping on the ground with my head rested on my hands. My friend never went to sleep. In the morning, we packed up and silently walked back home. To this day, we talk about it sometimes. In the seven and eight years since it happened, my forester friend has not camped by himself out there ever since, though. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true horror stories from the mountains. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm, and that helps this show reach more eyes. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or a podcasting platform, please be sure to give this a 5-star rating over there, as it helps us a ton growing over there. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit the subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode as I upload them nearly every single day and all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, whether it's from the mountains, the woods, or somewhere else, please be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you're on the go, but don't have YouTube Premium, but still want to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller Scary Stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and pretty much anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you'd like to support the Swamp outside of hitting that like button, subscribing, and giving us a 5-star rating on Apple Podcast, maybe check out the merch store. I've got t-shirts, hoodies, face masks, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool swamp threads. Be sure to join me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Let me know which story was your favorite in the comments down below, and I'll see you soon with another creepy video.